the Young Bucks against John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Our AW World Tag Team Championship match, Double or Nothing 2021. This video, I'm going to give you guys a real quick rundown of the match to save you about 25 to 30 minutes because this match did go quite a while. Now, if you didn't see this match, how would I compare it? Essentially, it was pretty much on par, at least booking-wise, with the Young Bucks versus Omega and Page from Revolution last year. Now, in that sense, that's a compliment, okay? That match was fantastic. This one, pretty good. The crowd at this show, a double or nothing, made this match so much better than it was. I think the crowd made the near falls that much better because, my God, this match had that many near falls. The amount of times it looked like John Moxley was about to pin one of the Jacksons and then the other Jackson brother breaks it up and the crowd's like, oh no. Like the amount of the amount of kerfuffle, the amount of shenanigans, the amount of near falls, it was just running rampant. So in that regard, this match, pretty good. Pretty good. It was a good it was a good match. Honestly, I thought it should have opened double or nothing. Because they opened the show with Brian Cage versus Hangman Page, which I mean you get to see you get to see Hangman Page coming out there to open the show. Cool, cool moment for Hangman, and I'll talk about that later in my review, but Nonetheless, I think this Young Bucks match, they end up retaining the titles, which, interesting, Cole. Um, I don't really know about that. Like, the Young Bucks are going to keep being tag champions, I guess. So we're going to get probably minimum three more months of the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Don Callis, Gallows Anderson, Michael Nakazawa, all just standing together, cutting promos, dressed up in, like, wannabe Shawn Michaels 1995 attires, I guess. I guess that's what, that's what we're doing now. So, yeah, Young Bucks retain. Overall, I'd probably give the match out of five stars, probably probably four and a half. Like, I look pretty good. Moxley did brilliantly in this match. I thought Moxley, he got busted open with, you know, a shot from a can, like, midway through the match. So he was, a you know, a bloody mess. And I thought, just generally speaking, the crowd made this match a lot better than it was. So that's my review for Young Bucks versus uh, Moxley and Eddie Kingston for Double or Nothing. Stay tuned to Elite Heat tonight. More reviews coming all that kind of stuff, sub to the channel, get us the 350, all that kind of stuff, peace. We've just witnessed Cody Rhodes, aka yes. Mon, uh, Kevin, just go, just do, have fun with it. <laughs> yes, 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 Cody ended racism, oh my god, <laughs> Cody Rhodes, you're my hero, as an American speaking, I'm an American citizen, this might be the greatest moment in the history of this great sport, Cody Rhodes, the American dream, for one night only, he did what no one else could do before him. He defeated an evil foreigner that was coming on to our land. Take our money. <laughs> Cody, God bless you, Cody Rhodes. Thank you so much for your efforts. Wow, I am, like, he's a model citizen. I want to be just like Cody Rhodes when I grow up one day. Forget trying to be like, you know, my parents or like a, like a teacher that was really influential on me. No, I want to be like Cody Rhodes. God bless him, what a match. <laughs> Legit, the only thing I'm thinking when I'm watching that is, oh my god, like, it, it genuinely felt like Cody Rhodes was wishing, like, he's woken up every day for the past couple months wishing he was Sylvester Stallone in Rocky IV, like, going into, you know, foreign territory to take on this evil foreign boxing demigod and overcoming the odds and wearing all the American gear and getting the win and there are thousands of people chanting, Cody, Cody. It was just, it was just cringe. Like, Kevin, the crowd wasn't even reacting that favorably for Cody. Like, when he came out, Kevin, what was the reaction like for Cody Rhodes? 
were they reacting at all? That's what I that's what I have to ask you because like right. It, it was like it, it was like when you go to a WWE event in like 2012 and you have like 90% of the people chanting, you know, booing Cena and the other 10% are cheering Cena. That 10% of people cheering Cena is what it sounded like for Cody. Everybody else was quiet and there's a few people chanting for Cody and there were some boos. It was weird. It, it just Cody he doesn't feel as over as he was pre-pandemic. Yeah, legit. You've got the match before this. The crowd is going berserk, singing Jungle Boy's theme song as though that's like the you know the best song in the world. The crowd's going crazy for Jungle Boy. Then Cody comes out five minutes later, and half the crowd wasn't even reacting. There was some gen- gen- general cheers, but that was about it. I'm just like, okay, as Cody Rhodes comes out there wearing a fully decked out Mr. America attire, he's got like his, his, his American Dream themed attire, his theme songs changed up a bit to be like the American Dream. Kevin, I, I, I'm still in shock at what we've just seen. And also... Can I, can I bury this for a second? I gotta yeah. bury this one point. I'm sorry to cut you off. No, go, go. But AEW is trying to treat Anthony Agogo like he's some famous athlete. He's like, what, what, what was he? He was a professional boxer, an Olympic boxer. Nobody watches boxing, bro. Nobody knows who Anthony Agogo is. Like, they're treating us like we're supposed to know. You know, they're not showing us really anything. No background on Anthony Agogo. What, like, what was the point of this match even taking place on the card? That, it, it just yeah. felt so all over the place, the whole story. It was like, all right, we got a, a pro athlete that's going to fight this fake wrestler. And then, oh, Cody Rose is having a black baby. Like, that that was basically the story, in a nutshell. Could they not have gotten, like, proper clips and have, you know, literally videos of a go-go at the 2012 London Olympics, like, KOing people and, you know, winning a medal? Like, could they not have done stuff like that and, like, actually really showcased him properly? It was just like, okay, a go-go's a, a boxer who likes to punch you in the gut, and then half this match was, like, fake boxing. It's like, we know th- this isn't an, a legit boxing match, and you've got Cody Rhodes out there, he, like he's ducking out of the way of a punch and then grabbing a go-go's arm and doing like a like an arm bar. It's like, what are we watching? It's, and then Cody ends up getting the win, Kevin, and uh, he, he runs into the crowd as though he's, you know, he's in the Soviet Union in Rocky IV and he's just beating Drago and he jumps into the Bay of Americans and he's cheering and he's going crazy. It's oh like, my God. oh, God. Oh. I'm, I'm cracking up. I'm sorry. I, I was just laughing. Go ahead. Oh, nah, just dude. I, Watching that, watching that, Cody's just, he's got this one bay of people, Cody's like roaring because he's just beaten a go-go in an undercard match of double or nothing that no one's going to remember three months from now. Just, I couldn't believe it, dude, I couldn't believe it. What is this? What what am I watching right now? (laughs) What what am I watching? This is, okay, this is what we saw. This is Cody Rose, a 36-year-old man. (laughs) This man is the son of Dusty Rose. What was the intro? The grandson of a plumber and the son of a true American icon. Yeah. And then what else did Justin Roberts say? Um, expecting father, Cody Rhodes. <laughs> like, what, what, what kind of intro is this? What am I watching? This is a 36-year-old man facing a 33-year-old semi-professional or professional boxer that no one's ever heard of. <laughs> I love also the, the pre-match video package. They cut from, like, they did, like, a tribute to, like, people who served for America, which is, like, awesome. And then, like, the next thing that we see is, like, this video package of like the American flag, like a silhouette of the flag slowly waving in the wind. We see this like, you know, general American soldier and, and that they picture these, it's like American imagery. Like, oh my God, Cody Rhodes represents the embodiment of America. Kevin, 
as an American, you can't touch on it in the opening, but did, did Cody Rhodes' performance tonight make you empowered, make you proud to be American, make you put racial um, racial conflict at ease for a moment and just be proud of your nationality, Kevin? Oh, my God. I mean, in all seriousness, no. I, I can't even joke anymore. I just have to – I can't even joke. No. This did not make me feel proud. Watching this is borderline cringe, is borderline awkward. Like, like how do you show this to somebody? How do you show this to your friend and be like, hey, man, check this check this, uh, this story out? You know, like, watch this little intro. It'll show you what this match is about. It's this, this cool thing from wrestling. And then they're going to look at you and they're going to be like, okay, why is this rich man, like, why is this rich guy trying to represent America? Like, he's the American dream, you but- know? But 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 Cody had all this challenge when he was growing up. When when Cody was growing up, he was he was on the streets. He was eating out of trash cans. He was stealing watches and selling them to make some a bit of money so he could feed himself. But Cody had such a tough upbringing. How could you not feel for Cody, Kevin? He's he's literally the son of Dusty Rose. He was rich. He's one of the most famous wrestlers. He grew up hanging out with Ric Flair and Tully Blanchard and like Sting. <laughs> Yeah, Cody Rose grew up with Sting, eat having breakfast in his kitchen. Like, come on, come on, bro. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Enough, enough of this. Enough, enough with this Cody Rose stuff. I hope that was an awakening for him when the crowd did not care about this match. I hope Cody thought and was like, yeah, I'm doing something wrong. I need to completely rework what I'm doing. But instead, he'll probably look at it and be like, oh, some people were cheering me. It was great. Did you guys love this performance? <laughs> yeah. I, unless there's anything else you really want to say, I just kind of want to wrap it there. Legit. That imagery of just Cody like jumping into the crowd and like embracing the the admiration of all the beards in attendance as like a hundred of them and like clapping and the rest are just sing on their hands. I'm just like, this is sad. Like this is this is the EVP of the promotion doing this. I mean, my God, um, yeah, tough. So that was a uh, double or nothing's Cody versus Go Go. Probably more late hate content tonight because I mean it's double or nothing. I posted the box and Moxley and Kingston video. You guys seem to enjoy that a little. I don't know. Like, comment, sub, lead, hate, peace. The AW Women's Championship was on the line there as Hikaru Shida defended against Britt Baker, DMD. So this one, probably one of the better matches on the show, if we're being real. I mean, anything's better than the Cody Agogo match where uh, Rocky Rhodes ended racism. But nonetheless, I think what we got there was quite good. A lot of near falls, as was as has been the case with this AW Double Nothing show. They're really making the most of having a crowd back, and as a result, we get a lot of near falls. That match was no exception. The one that really was like, oh my god, to me, at least, was when they have the stuff with Reba, or Rebel, whatever. She's getting all involved. She has the kendo stick. The referee ejects her. The ref's all distracted with her. And then we get Britt Baker curb-stomping Sheeta face-first onto the title, and you thought, oh, well, that's, that's the match. One, two, Sheeta kicked out. Which, I mean, this match made both Sheeta and Britt Baker look really good. Of course, as is the case with most of these matches, you had a bunch of know-it-alls on Twitter saying that Britt Baker's in-ring work wasn't up to par and that she's not doing that great in the ring. And it's like, oh, oh, wow. Like, oh, well, she she can't go as well in the ring. Like, okay, who are you, Matt Bloom? Like, you're some know-it-all on Twitter. So, nonetheless, that was fine. Britt Baker's the new champion, as she should be. I mean, Sheeta was champion for, what, a year? I mean, a year is a pretty decent length reign if I don't say so myself. So, yeah, Britt Baker's the new champion. Where she goes from here, hopefully a feud and program with Thunder Rosa. I think that'd be pretty cool. 
I mean, they've had a, a pretty good unsanctioned <clears throat> lights out match. So I think that'd be fun. Maybe we get Britt Baker versus, I don't know, Tay Conti. I mean, these are fun options. She, uh, she had a good run, good wrestler, really good performance here at double or nothing. But in the end, we get Britt Baker winning the women's title. So pretty dope stuff. More reviews to come as we get plenty other great matches of the double or nothing card because this show is going to go for four plus hours. The AW World Championship triple threat match, Kenny Omega against Orange Cassidy and Park. This match, look, I know people are going to say it was a god-tier, incredible five-star match because that's just the nature of the beast. Personally, if I'm being objective and, well, not objective, but I'm being subjective and saying how I really felt, the, the match went on too long. It, it really did, okay? I like the fact that they're really doing the near falls. They're getting the crowd all invested. They're making the most of this whole situation. But, like, let's be real here. I mean, that match went five to seven to eight minutes too long. Like, ugh, I don't know. The, the stuff with Don Callis at the end, dude. I mean, we knew Don Callis would get involved. The, the invisible hand of professional wrestling was on commentary for the match. And, look... He's a bit of a droney voice. He doesn't really add much, but nonetheless, he uh, he was commentating the match. Some great spots in there. My favorite moment wasn't even a great bit of move execution. Essentially, Orange Cassidy, hands in his pockets. He's doing his air kicks to Park. Then Park just stares at him and kicks him in the balls. And Orange Cassidy just fell down and was in pain. Like, stuff like that's pretty funny. Jim Ross's commentary was really good. JR was just, you know, getting all angry and yelling about, you know, how unfair what Don Callis is doing is and you know, what Kenny Omega was getting up to. They did this like 20 to 25 minute, really good match with a bunch of near falls, as you kind of expected. I mean, when this match got announced, you kind of knew it would be 20 plus minutes, a lot of great crisp move execution. Park hit his, um, you know, his big flippy dive. I forget the name of the finish. The, mo- the name of the move escapes me, but yeah, hit a, it was picture perfect 450 during this match. You had some crucifix pinfall sequences with Omega and Cassidy. Some, some great move execution. We had, you know, Puck locking in submissions. Orange Cassidy nearly won the world title with near falls on like three different occasions. In the end, I mean, trying to describe this ending as chaos. Don Callis, all the title belts of Omega get involved. You've got Omega hitting people left and right with the title belts. The referee gets punched and knocked down. Aubrey Edwards rushes out there. Cassidy's about to pin Omega. Omega turns it over into a one, two, three pinfall. So Omega retains the AW world title. Pretty good match, a bit of bit too much overbooking. The match went a bit too long, so I'd probably I'd rate the match like four stars. I, I think anything above is just being a bit generous. That's my opinion. So that's gonna be the video. Like, comment, sub, sub to Elite Heat, get us the three fifty, all that kind of stuff. See ya. AW Stadium Stampede Two, the Inner Circle against the Pinnacle. What a way to close out Double or Nothing Twenty Twenty One. Personally, I thought this was done really well. I thought these guys, everyone involved, hats off to everyone involved. I thought this was executed really well. Jericho, MJF, the stuff they did back and forth. I mean, they were in like the Jaguars coaching offices. Yeah, bloody Jericho stapling something, the MJF's head, MJF crying in pain. Most of most of the match, well, mainly the Jericho MJF bit, most of that was literally Jericho just beating the crap out of MJF. MJF selling is just hilarious. When MJF gets beaten up, he makes it look great. You get MJF getting thrown. He goes flying through a table. He's like, ah, he's selling it all well. That's really good. I mean, the stuff with Sean Spears and Sammy Guevara, these two guys were going at it the whole match. I mean, the stuff they had where Sean Spears was in the like the room with, you know, sitting in a chair. There were a few chairs around him. Sammy Guevara 
struts through a, like a hallway of the stadium, sees Sean Spears, they start brawling, they get the stuff where they're in a bit of like a little warehouse area, Sammy Guevara looks like he's about to do like a big like 20 foot dive onto Spears, nothing comes of that, that was fun, the stuff with Wardlow and Hager, these two big dudes are just beating the crap out of each other, I mean like they have the stuff where you have Hager and Wardlow in the equipment warehouse, literally Hager's like shoving these like equipment, um, these like standees, these like stands at Wardlow, he's like pushing at him, Wardlow's like evading them, Hager just punches him in the face, really good stuff, you got these guys jumping onto the back of like, like a, like a mini um transportation vehicle, like a bunch of fun stuff, then not to mention the stuff in like the, in like the mini club, in like the bar, the nightclub area, you had Sean, Sp not Sean Spears, I'm getting everyone confused here, you have FTR and Tully Blanchard, you've got um, proud and powerful, you've got Conan made an appearance like the DJ, you've got these guys beating each other up there, that was really good, then all of this comes full circle, we get Jericho and MJF punching each other in the crowd, so there was like a live element to this, you had Sammy Guevara come with the golf cart, nearly murder Sean Spears, that was awesome, they finally get into the ring, you've got Sammy Guevara and Sean Spears in the ring, they go back and forth for a couple minutes, eventually Sammy Guevara Gets the win against Sean Spears with the, you know, the very pretty splash at the end. So, yeah, the Inner Circle are successful. The Inner Circle are still together. I thought this would be the final match, the Inner Circle. Not to be. This feud looks like it'll probably continue at this rate. So, yeah, it should be good. Overall, Stadium Stampede 2, in my opinion, I don't think it was as good as Stadium Stampede 1. But, I mean, maybe if you watch them back-to-back, -back, Stadium Stampede 2 was better. Subjectively speaking, I think the first one was better. So, that's been the Double or Nothing 2021, I guess, match-by-match match reviews. Hope you guys have enjoyed. Been a bunch of fun to do them. So like, comment, subscribe, and drill. See ya.